0: Discerninghearts.com presents a Lord of the Rings spiritual retreat with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University and has dedicated many years of extensive ministry to retreats, spiritual direction, and teaching on the spiritual life. He is also the author of several books on the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola. And the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series Living the Discerning Life. Father Gallagher is also featured in several series produced by EWTN, including Living the Discerning Life, a Lord of the Rings spiritual retreat with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. In our conversations concerning the Lord of the Rings, there is a particular character that, for me anyway, is very dear to my heart, and that is the one of Sam Wise.
1: Well, let's begin an exploration of Sam. And he's a multifaceted character, obviously. And I'm really going to focus on one thread in Sam's character. And that will be his fidelity to his call, as an image of what fidelity looks like in our Christian call. And that includes the the cost of fidelity, what uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer called the cost of discipleship. It includes the growth that comes with fidelity, the fruitfulness of fidelity. And at a later point in these conversations, we'll explore more directly the joy of fidelity. Now, as an introduction to Sam, I just want to focus on a few things that Tolkien says in his letters regarding Sam. At one point in one letter, he calls him the chief hero of the Lord of the Rings, which is striking. Another point, he speaks of him as this jewel among the hobbits. In another letter, he describes him as a most heroic character, now widely beloved by many readers. And what's interesting about that particular letter is that to his uh, great surprise, at one point, Tolkien found that he had received a letter from a Mr. Sam Gamgee. There actually was somebody of that very name that leads him to write back and describe Sam a bit to this Mr. Sam Gamgee who has written and thereby And therefore call him in that letter a most heroic character, now widely beloved by many readers. Which I think uh, any who have read the book would uh, find themselves readily agreeing with. Sam, as he's portrayed in the movie, is not quite as lovable, I would say. is not quite as heroic as you see him in the book. Uh, Elsewhere, Tolkien says in another letter, he is a more representative hobbit than any others that we have to see much of. Which is interesting. That is that Sam represents the hobbit who is the ordinary person. He is rustic. He has what Tolkien describes in that same letter as a mental myopia sure of itself, again quote, a readiness to measure and sum up all things from a limited experience. And you see this repeatedly in Sam when they um, get to Buckland, for example, he's suspicious of people that are outside the Shire. He's slow to accept or open to experiences beyond the limited experience of his uh, upbringing in the Shire. Although, as we'll see, this gets transformed through the the course of his journey in fidelity. In another letter, Tolkien writes, Sam was cocksure and deep down a little conceited, but his conceit had been transformed by his devotion to Frodo, as we'll see. While he was still writing The Lord of the Rings, this is in 1944, in a letter to his son Christopher, he writes this, Sam is the most closely drawn character the successor to Bilbo of the first book, The Genuine Hobbit. And he goes on to explain to his son that Frodo rises to a whole different level. He is ennobled or sanctified, as we said in earlier conversations. He goes off into the West with the great figures, Gandalf, Galadriel, Elrond. Whereas Tolkien writes, Sam will settle down to the shire and gardens and inns. So that Sam really represents in The Lord of the Rings more of what Bilbo represents in The Hobbit than Frodo, because Frodo as I say rises to a whole new level. Now at another point in his letters he writes this, the, the love between Sam and Rosie. I think the simple rustic love of Sam and his Rosie nowhere elaborated because it's only alluded to uh, very briefly in, in the book. He says, I think that simple rustic love is absolutely essential, he underlines those words, to the study of his, and this is where he calls him the chief hero, the chief hero's character, and to the theme of the relation of ordinary life. Now, this is something that, a thread that Tolkien often refers to in his letters, the relationship between the ordinary and the noble, between the, the the low, as it were, and the high, and how each needs the other. So that that love between Sam and Rosie is essential to the theme of the relation of ordinary life, breathing, eating, working, begetting, and quests, sacrifice, causes, and the longing for elves, which we also see in Sam, and sheer beauty. Now, one more consideration with regard to Sam I'd like to look at before we begin to look a little more systematically at his call and the unfolding of his fidelity to it. And this is what Tolkien, in one of his letters, calls to his mind the most tragic moment in the entirety of the Lord of the Rings. And this is the moment when they have climbed the high stairs on the mountains leading into Mordor, Gollum has disappeared. Sam and Frodo have fallen asleep together. And now, as you learn later, Gollum has gone up to the spider monster and let her know that Frodo will be coming. So this is his plot. So that his hope is that when she kills them, that she will simply throw aside the ring as of no interest to her. And that Gollum will thereby get the ring back. So he has betrayed them. Sam is propped up against the stone, his head dropping sideways, his breathing heavy. In his lap lay Frodo's head, drowned deep in sleep. Upon his white forehead lay one of Sam's brown hands, and the other lay softly upon his master's breast. Peace was in both their faces. It is a beautiful thing in the midst of the darkness of Mordor. Gollum looked at them. A strange expression passed over his lean, hungry face. The gleam faded from his eyes, and they went dim and gray, old and tired. A spasm of pain seemed to twist him, and he turned away, peering back up toward the pass, shaking his head as if engaged in some interior debate. Now what's happening here is that the the growing love between Frodo and Gollum wars against Gollum's lust for the ring, and therefore his betrayal, as he hopes to their death of Frodo and Sam. And these two poles now war within him. This is a moment when he, it's a decisive moment for Gollum, when this is the final chance for what Gandalf and Aragorn, and many times Frodo himself, have spared Gollum for, in the hope that he might repent and find healing. Then he came back and slowly put out, putting out a trembling hand, very cautiously he touched Frodo's knee. Almost the touch was a caress. For a fleeting moment, could one of the sleepers have seen him? They would have thought that they beheld an old, weary hobbit, shrunken by the years that had carried him far beyond his time, beyond friends and kin, and the fields and streams of youth, an old, starved, pitiable thing. There's the word pity. But... At that touch, Frodo stirred and cried out softly in his sleep, and immediately Sam was wide awake. The first thing he saw was Gollum pawing at master as he thought. And now, this is the tragedy of this moment is that Sam utterly misunderstands what's happening. Hey, you, he said roughly, what are you up to? He has no idea that Gollum is poised on the brink. Of a real and final chance for repentance and conversion. And Sam entirely misses what's happening. Hey, you, he said roughly, what are you up to? Nothing, nothing, said Gollum softly. Nice master. And there you see the dawning love between Gollum and Frodo. I dare say, said Sam, but where have you been to, sneaking off and sneaking back, you old villain? Now, Sam is actually right. That's exactly what Gollum has done. He has been sneaking off betraying them and sneaking back. But at this moment, Gollum uh, utterly pulls back from any possibility of conversion. Gollum withdrew himself, and a green glint flickered under his heavy lids. Almost spider-like, he looked now, crouching back on his bent limbs with his protruding eyes. The fleeting moment had passed beyond recall. It will never return. Sneaking, sneaking, he hissed. "'Hobbits are always so polite, yes. Oh, nice hobbits. "'Smeagol brings them up secret ways that nobody else could find. "'Tired he is. Thirsty he is. Yes, thirsty. "'And he guides them, and he searches for paths, and they say, "'Sneak, sneak. Very nice, friends. Oh, yes, my precious. Very nice.' "'Sam felt a bit remorseful, though not more trustful. "'Sorry,' he said. "'I'm sorry, but you startled me out of my sleep, "'and I shouldn't have been sleeping, and that made me a bit sharp.' But Mr. Frodo, he's that tired. I asked him to have a wink, and well, that's how it is. Sorry, but where have you been to? Sneaking, said Gollum, and the green glint did not leave his eyes. Now, Tolkien comments on this a number of times in his letters, and let's just look at some of what he says here. I think what we're saying already indicates that Sam, like any well-drawn literary character, and certainly any character that reflects the reality of our human situation is multifaceted. There's a density and a depth about him. So here in a letter to the publishers, Tolkien writes, I am most stirred by the sound of the horses of the Rohirrim at Kakro, that dramatic moment when, in the midst of the press of the foes of mortar against Minas Tirith, unperturbed by any of this, as dawn is rising, the cock crows and then, You have the reverberation of the horns of the Rohirrim, the riders of Rohan, as they come to take on the foes of, of Gondor. So I am most stirred by that, he said, and most grieved by Gollum's failure, just, he says, to repent when interrupted by Sam. This seems to me really like the real world, in which the instruments of just retribution are seldom themselves just or holy, and the good are often stumbling blocks, which Sam is here. Obviously, a wonderful and deeply good character, but in this particular case, because he does not understand what is happening, he is a stumbling block in the way of Gollum's last possibility of repentance. And in a subsequent letter, Tolkien returns to this with a slightly different vocabulary. And he writes, The clumsiness infidelity of Sam was what finally pushed Gollum over the brink when about to repent. And just a little bit later, in this same letter, uh, Tolkien writes about uh, Gollum's failure to, to repent. The final chance he speaks of his final chance when dawning love of Frodo was too easily withered by the jealousy of Sam before Shelob's lair. So there are two things here in Sam that are limits in Sam that uh, Tolkien points out to us, but very real and something that can happen very easily even when we very sincerely seek to love and serve the Lord. And the first of these is just, it's not a, there's nothing bad about this in Sam. It's just a failure to understand a situation, what Tolkien calls a clumsiness in fidelity. Sam is utterly faithful, as we'll see. But in this case, his clumsiness leads to a cl- the closing of a door. Now, if we describe that in theological terms, in the language of St. Thomas Aquinas, what we're seeing there is St. Thomas's teaching that every virtue, including charity, love. So this would be a love of God. It would be love of the spouse, of children, of parents, of those we serve and with whom we work in the world. All love, in order to be true love, needs to be guided by the virtue of prudence, which wisely chooses the right means to achieve the goal of love, the good of the beloved. and And here... That's what's missing in Sam. And so this it's a striking illustration for us of the humble need to continually grow in a kind of wisdom which helps us to effectively accomplish what we hope, motivated by the love that is very true and very real in our hearts. And the second of these limitations is a jealousy of Sam. That is, that as Sam, who whose whole life is given to the love and service and friendship of Frodo, his master, sees the beginning of, of a warmth in Gollum's heart for Frodo and the goodness of Frodo toward Gollum, something in him, Tolkien says in another letter, almost inevitably, whenever we give ourselves this deeply to the love and service of another, something of this can well up in our hearts. Now, Again, the movie takes this way beyond the limits of the book. In fact, I think personally, had I not read this in Tolkien's letters, I would have never even picked this up in the book. It's so, it's so lightly hinted at in the text of the book. Now, I spend just a moment on all of these various qualities in Sam because, as I say, it reveals that Sam has this and the density of every human person. He is, like all of us, mixture of strengths, of failings, of limitations, and of an astounding capacity for heroism, for love of his master, for fidelity, and for endurance in time of trial. So with all of this richness of who he is, he is, as Tolkien says, a jewel among hobbits, the chief hero of the Lord of the Rings. In another letter, Tolkien describes him as lovable, and he is and this will be our focus. He is an image of what it means to be faithful to the task or the call that God has given us. And I'd like to turn now to begin to explore that thread in Sam's experience in The Lord of the Rings.
0: We'll return to A Lord of the Rings Spiritual Retreat with Father Timothy Gallagher in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app where you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Monsignor John S. of Deacon James Keating, Father Donald Haggerty, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more. They're all available on the free Discerning Hearts app. Over 3,000 spiritual formation programs and prayers, all available to you with no hidden fees or subscriptions. Did you also know that you can listen to Discerning Hearts programming wherever you download your favorite podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, even on Audible, as well as numerous other worldwide podcast streaming platforms. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has a YouTube channel? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts Catholic Podcasts dedicated to those on the spiritual journey.
2: Amen. An easy way to help discerning hearts is to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our Instagram and Facebook pages are vibrant spaces where you can engage with daily inspirational quotes from the saints, streaming DH broadcast encounters, and updates about our latest offerings. On our YouTube channel, you'll find a treasure trove of video podcasts, interviews, guided meditations and prayers, and reflections from renowned spiritual leaders. These resources are carefully curated to provide guidance, wisdom, and insights that can help you discern life's challenges with a sense of purpose and peace. By subscribing, following, and engaging with Discerning Hearts on these platforms, you're not only enriching your own spiritual journey, but also helping to spread awareness of our mission. Every like, share, and comment helps us reach more people who are seeking meaningful growth and connection. So, please take a moment to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well and then share with a friend. Join the Discerning Hearts community and embark on a transformative spiritual journey alongside fellow seekers. Your engagement not only benefits you, but also contributes to the growth and impact of Discerning Hearts.
0: We now return to A Lord of the Rings Spiritual Retreat with Father Timothy Gallagher. The thing about Sam Wise, he is a most excellent character. He is a most excellent hero, but he's not perfect. I think sometimes we trap ourselves, don't we, in our spiritual journey when we attempt to be perfect, when maybe we should focus on excellence.
1: Well, we are all called to be holy. But we're called to be holy in the humanity that God has given us. I'm thinking of something that I may have quoted in our earlier conversations about uh, the founder of my community, Venerable Bruno Terry, in which he writes in a letter of spiritual direction to a woman who has asked his advice that encouraging her to strive for holiness, but he says to her in a lovely phrase, do it with respect for your humanity. And there's there's a deep wisdom in that. The pursuit of, of holiness, or let's say excellence, to use the word that you just used, Chris, incorporates reverence for our humanity. And to be human, to take a phrase from C.S. Lewis, is to be subject to the law of undulation. You know that... Uh, the, the, at times we feel more energy, at times less energy, at times there, there's more um, desire and uh, felt closeness of the Lord, and at times we feel something less of that. All, all of this up and down is part of our human experience, and the quest for holiness, which is I think the best word for us to use, call it spiritual excellence if we want, um, incorporates all of that. Which is a lovely thing because it takes a burden off of our shoulders that God never intended us to carry. And I think that's why, to get back to uh, your original question, Chris, that's why a character like Sam is so, I would say, strengthening or comforting for us. And that's why I've taken a moment to look at his limitations together with the, the richness of the strengths in him. Because it's so real. It's who we all are. You know, we look at a day that we've lived maybe in our life in the family, and we're very happy about the way we responded to this child or gave time to that person or dedicated our energies in service to one or another a need that was there. And we're a little less happy probably about the way we responded in another situation or dedicated another time in the course of the day. And all of that is part of the normal, ordinary, healthy holy ongoing quest for holiness in our lives. So absolutely Sam I think stands for us as a model from that perspective as well.
0: As you were describing what Tolkien called one of the most tragic moments in the whole work that for him I think would have been a tremendous burden for him to have to carry. I mean there's sometimes in our lives we're and I'm I'm not exactly sure why I felt called to bring this up, but it's just, there are those events in our lives where we may not necessarily appreciate, at least this time, the gravity of sometimes our responses.
1: Yes, and it's very clear that in that situation, Sam fails to respond to, in this critical moment for Gollum, As I said before, not out of bad will, but simply because he doesn't understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, there'd be no burden on Sam. He's simply doing the best that he can according to the lights that he has. And I think it's important for us to say that God does not hold us responsible for what we do not know. And oftentimes, looking back, we see things in a different way. But God understands the situation as we lived it with such understanding as we had at the time. But a second thing also needs to be said, and Tolkien goes on to point this out too. Uh, We'll see this perhaps a little bit later, that finally the time does come when Sam does pity Gollum and his pity joins that earlier pity of Gandalf, Aragorn, the elves, and above all, Frodo, and is determinative in the, the final success of the quest when Gollum becomes the one through whom, through whose agency through whose very betrayal in this case, but through whose agency the ring is destroyed. And that is when they are just about to enter the crack of doom on uh, Mount Doom, and Gollum makes one last attempt to physically wrest the ring from Frodo. And to Gollum's surprise and Sam's, Frodo responds with an energy that neither of them thought he, he had and casts Gollum away from him. Gollum himself weakened by this stage too, also through the difficult journey through Mordor. And Frodo goes on alone, up toward the cracks of doom, and now Sam is left with Gollum. And everything in Sam, the sword is there, everything in Sam wants simply to, to slay Gollum. There's ample reason for doing that. In some sense it would be the only safe thing to do. But Sam pities Gollum. He pities the starved, ragged, wretched thing that Gollum has become at this point and refuses to slay him. So that, if we put this in theological terms, grace continues to work in, in Sam. Which is to say that the story is, is never over as we go through the journey of this life. That uh, grace and new turns in the story are always possible, as in fact happens in Sam's case as well
0: should we continue exploring his great gift in the story of fidelity
1: yes and let's look at the moment when sam and frodo and pippin have set out from hobbiton from bag end and they are in the very beginning of the journey they're still going through the shire where they expect no danger but begin to encounter these mysterious black riders they don't know who they are but they clearly understand that there's something evil about them, that they are enemies and to be avoided. And just as they are being approached by one of them, they hear the singing of a group of elves who approach them, and at the approach of the elves, the, the black rider disappears. The elves take the hobbits with them, journeying through the uh, a number of hours to a place in the woods where they stop for the night, and they allow the hobbits to share with them their own evening meal. Frodo stays up long in conversation with Gildor, the head of the elves. There's, this is a providential meeting, as it turns out, for a number of reasons. Morning comes now, the elves have gone, and Frodo meets Sam in the morning. And Sam, one of the reasons why Sam had even wanted to set out on this journey was his love for elves, and there's Tolkien's theme of the of the ordinary and its openness toward the higher, the beautiful. And Frodo says to Sam, Well, now you've seen elves. Are you satisfied? Have you fulfilled the purpose of of the journey? Wonderful folk elves, sir, Sam says. Wonderful. They are, said Frodo. Do you like them still, now that you have had a closer view? And then Sam answers, They seem a bit above my likes and dislikes, so to speak, answered Sam slowly. It don't seem to matter what I think about them. They are quite different from what I expected, so young and old, so gay and sad as it were. Frodo looks at Sam rather startled, half expecting to see some outward sign of the odd change that seemed to have come over him. It did not sound like the voice of the old Sam Gamgee that he thought he knew. This is where Frodo is beginning to realize that there are depths in Sam that even he Frodo, who thought he knew him through and through, uh, didn't suspect. You know, as I say this, I find myself remembering a simple thing. uh, Though it's not simple, really. In the last months of St. Therese of the Child Jesus, uh, she was already deeply taken by the illness that would take her life just a few months later. And they had placed her on a reclining chair of some sort out in the the cloister just to to be outdoors, well-wrapped and so on. And she heard as she lay there A couple of the other sisters speaking, they were out of sight, they had no idea that she was there. And the other sisters were talking about the practice in the community that when a sister died, a circular would be sent to other Carmelite monasteries describing the life of the sister. And these two sisters were saying to each other, whatever are they going to write in the description of the life of Sister Therese after her death, she never did anything. It was such an ordinary life, and if you look at it externally, that's, that's the size of it. She, was, she helped in the sacristy, she was an assistant to the novice mistress, she worked with the, uh, the linen for a while. And here is Therese, whom these other two sisters live with and think that they know very deeply. And here is this astounding reality that the rest of the world would discover after the death of this woman. And I think of that in the light of the people we live with. Let's begin in our own homes, our spouses, our children, parents, people we work with, and if we're involved in the church, people that we share the life of the parish with, or in religious life, the community members with whom we live. And we think we know them so deeply, especially after years of living together. And there are depths and there's a richness that we don't even guess at and that God sees and that with the help of God's grace, can lead to a kind of growth that is far beyond anything we can imagine. And that's what Frodo is just beginning to discover here, even already at the very beginning of this journey. It did not sound like the voice of the old Sam Gamgee that he thought he knew, but it looked like the old Sam Gamgee sitting there, except that his face was unusually thoughtful. Do you feel any need to leave the Shire now, now that your wish to see elves has already come true? he asked. Here is the change already at work. Yes, sir. I don't know how to say it, but after last night I feel different. I seem to see ahead in a kind of way. I know we are going to take a very long road into darkness, but I know I can't turn back. There you see the greatness of Sam already. It isn't to see elves now, nor dragons, nor mountains that I want. I don't know rightly what I want but I have something to do before the end, as we all do, and it lies ahead, not in the Shire. I must see it through, sir, if you understand me. I don't altogether, but I understand that Gandalf chose me a good companion. I am content. We will go together." Let's look uh, much later in the story at a return to what Sam has just said here, that he, he knows that something lies ahead, he doesn't yet see it clearly, and let's look at the moment when it does become clear to Sam. So this is on the at the base of Mount Doom, where in the third book, The Return of the King. Frodo is now so weak that he can barely move, and there are still another 50 miles or so to go before they reach the, the actual feet of the mountain. He shook his head, and as he worked things out, slowly a new dark thought grew in his mind. Never for long had hope died in his staunch heart, and always until now he had taken some thought for their return. But the bitter truth came home to him at last. At best, their provision would take them to their goal, and when the task was done, there they would come to an end, alone, houseless, foodless, in the midst of a terrible desert. There could be no return. So that was the job I felt I had to do when I started, thought Sam, to help Frodo to the last step and then die with him. Well, and this is remarkable. Well, if that is the job, then I must do it. But here's the human side of him. I would dearly love to see Bywater again, and Rosie Cotton and her brothers and the gaffer and Marigold and all. I can't think somehow that Gandalf would have sent Mr. Frodo on this errand if there hadn't been any hope of his coming back at all. We'll return to this because this is the moment, this is the darkest moment for Sam, and then Grace is going to step in and help him to make the last journey on the way, the last step of of the journey.
0: You've been listening to A Lord of the Rings Spiritual Retreat with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for A Lord of the Rings Spiritual Retreat with Father Timothy Gallagher.